Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, fantastic. Good morning, everyone. Absolutely brilliant to see you all. Thank you for making it to our church service today and a big hello to everyone at home that's tuning on our podcast as well. Well, we find ourselves right in the middle of our series this month, which is called Prayer Works. And to go alongside our 21 days of prayer, we're in a four-week series all about prayer. Because whether this whole Jesus and God is new to you, or whether you've been on the road for a long, long time, we've all got another step to take in prayer. We've all got something new to learn. None of us are there. And if we think we are, we're about to hit the floor because we've all got another step to take. And the last couple of weeks, um, our key verse has been James 5.16, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. And in week one, just to give you a recap, Uh, We looked at the prayer of Jabez. Go check that out on our podcast. That was incredible. And also in part two, we looked at the tabernacle prayer. And that was outstanding. Absolutely brilliant. If you were here and it blessed you, can you give me a cheer or a wave? It was awesome. Want to go back to and listen to again. And today, it's my privilege to bring our third part of our series, and it's called It's On Its Way, and we're looking at the prayer of Hannah. I've got a question for you. Have you ever found yourself waiting for something? Maybe you've bought something from eBay, and you've had that little email that comes through and says, it's on the way, and you're waiting for that package to come through. Maybe You're waiting for someone to come through on their promise, for that word to come through. Or maybe you're waiting for that promotion at work, whatever it might be. I'm sure even now in your mind, you can think, yeah, there's a time back then, even now when I found myself waiting. And uh, a few years ago, Dave and I, before we had children, had the privilege of going on holiday to the island of Rhodes. Anybody been to Rhodes? Absolutely beautiful. And we had seven days out in Rhodes and we had a great time. And the final day came to come back to the UK. You know, what's the weather going to be like? We've got to get back into normality. Anyway, our flight was really early. So we had to get up really early, get our luggage. A coach came and it collected Dave and I and the other passengers from our hotel, got on the coach, got to the airport. We're still rubbing the sleep out of our eye. And we're like, right, let's go look at the boards and find out which gate our flight's at. But we couldn't see our flight anywhere. No screen, no gate was popping up. We went to find out information. No, no one seemed to know about our flight. We were promised it was on its way. But about four hours later, we were still sitting on our suitcases. And eventually the news came through, there's been a delay. Your flight's been cancelled for the moment. It is on its way, 
But to help look after you, we're going to ship you all off to a hotel down the road where we're going to give you some free food, free coffee. Um, it, it doesn't sound too bad, does it? So we're like, okay, free food, free coffee. We'll go with that. So we get to this hotel and five hours roll by, seven hours, ten hours roll by. And we've had the free food and we've had the free coffee, but where's the flight that you said was on its way? And cut a long story short, friends, we were delayed by not 10 hours, not 15 hours, 26 hours our flight was delayed. So for 26 hours, we were on this lobby hotel, trying to get some sleep with a crooked neck, waiting for this flight that was definitely on its way, but hadn't quite arrived. And I'd love to say that throughout those 26 hours, I was patient. I was calm. I was not in the slightest irritated. I did not once have an argument with Dave. Not even once. Friends, I'd be lying through my back teeth. I got irritated. I get fed up. We had a few little fallouts, a few disagreements. Because really, I just wanted to be on my way. I wanted to get off home and carry on. But actually, I had a period of 26 hours of waiting. And today you're here, so I'm guessing you're not waiting for a flight, but chances are you're waiting for something too right now in your life. Maybe you're waiting for that marriage partner that you're still praying about. Maybe. <laughs> this is what I love, this interaction. Keep this going. Keep this interaction going. Maybe you're waiting for that change of circumstance. Maybe you're waiting for that change in that health report. Maybe you're waiting for that promotion. Maybe you're waiting for that baby. Maybe you're waiting for something today. Does it matter how you wait? How should you respond while you're waiting? Big questions. And today we're going to look at the prayer of Hannah, who I believe is going to show us some incredible truths about how you should wait in your time of waiting. So come with me. The uh, Bible story is going to be on our screen to help you. And Hannah has found her prayer in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1. Here we go from the top. Now there was a certain man of Ramathia Zohim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Alkana, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. We got through that. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Let's pause. Who's the man of the hour? The man of the hour is 
Elkanah. And Elkanah came from the tribe of Levi. He was a Levite. He was a good man. He was a man that worshipped Yahweh. But for some reason, he'd strayed from God's original command of monogamy, one wife. We find him here practicing something called polygamy, which is two wives. As if one wife isn't enough, Michael. He did not make a good move. But we're not sure why Elkanah had two wives. But here we find him with two wives. One, Penina, has children. The other, Hannah, has no children. That's all the details were given. But that is enough to paint a picture. You see, in these days, your significance, your status, your value, your everything was pinned on a woman having children. Not to have children in these days was seriously bad. You had no hope. You were thrown to the side. You were not seen as anything significant. Ever felt less valued than someone else? Ever felt like you're not quite as important? This would have been the day in and day out predicament that Hannah would have lived in with no children. Let's carry on. This man, that's Elkanah, went to it from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. That would have been about six miles from their home. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priest of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival, Penina, also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore she, that's Hannah, wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? He's trying. We've got to give him brownie points for trying. Elkanah's saying, in other words, Hannah, you and me, we're so good together. You and me, our love is so strong. Like, am I not enough for you? But maybe Elkanah just didn't really get it. Ever felt like someone just doesn't get you? Maybe you didn't get that actually, even though she loved him, she'd still got something she was desperately waiting for. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she, that's Hannah, was in bitterness of soul. Have her experienced bitterness of soul? It's not a pretty place. And Hannah prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, God in heaven, 
our Father in heaven. If you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli, that's the priest, watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you drink? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Then Eli answered and said, go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition, which you have asked of him. And she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Wow, what a story. You see, friends, this week, as I've been studying for this message, I have tried to step into the shoes of Hannah. And we find Hannah at the top of this story as a woman deep in anguish, deep in sorrow. Why? Why, God, have I not got a child? Look at Penina. She has many sons and daughters. And we find Hannah in a place of utter desperation. Ever felt desperate? Ever felt looked, ever looked at somebody else and said, it's okay for them. They've got what I want. They've got X, Y, Z, but then you look back at yourself and you think, but look at my lot. Look at what I'm still waiting for. I can feel the pain in my spirit. Ever felt like Hannah? Because actually, I think if we're being honest, we can find times in our life where we often step into the shoes of Hannah. You see, but Hannah shows us how we should wait when the answer is on its way. You see, it's not about you having your answer smack bang in your palm on a plate, big tick in the box, God giving you everything. Because actually, if God came to you like that, you'd miss out a whole lot of learning in the process. 
You wouldn't become the man and the woman that he's creating you to become. Because you see, it was the Lord that closed Hannah's womb. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't that they weren't making love. It wasn't the thing. It was the Lord that closed her womb. But why? That's cruel, surely. That's mean, surely. But actually, no. God was in it all. Because God knew Hannah, the answer is on its way. But you and me, you and me, daughter, we've got some work to do. We've got some miles to cover. We've got some things I'm teaching you. But don't worry. The answer is on its way. And today, we're going to focus right in on three things that we can learn from Hannah about how you should wait while the answer is on its way. Does that sound good, church? Fantastic. So the first thing that Hannah teaches us is while Hannah waited, she decided to show up. Turn to your neighbour and say, show up. You see, we see this really clearly in verse 7 especially. What does it say? It says, so it was year by year. Year by year. Year by year. Year by year, Hannah went to the tabernacle in Shiloh. That was the place where the Jews went, the children of God went to worship at the tabernacle. And year by year, Hannah went. But she went with Alkana, who she loved. But then she went with, oh dearie me, Penina. And all of Penina's children, all her sons, all her daughters, And guess what? When she got to the tabernacle, she probably saw loads of other families and all their sons and all their daughters. At any point, Hannah could have said, sack this, forget this for a game of soldiers. God, you've not given me this baby. It's too painful going to that tabernacle year by year by year when everything's the same. The traffic lights on red. The computer says no. Nothing's happening to my prayers. Year by year, I'm not showing up. And maybe she would have been within her right to have felt like that. But no, not this lady. Hannah, she showed up. Even in her anguish, even when she was waiting, even when her answer was still on the way, she did the right thing. I'm going to worship Yahweh. I'm going to take a sacrifice. I'm going to stand with my husband. I'm going to lift up his name. I'm going to get on my face and pray again. Hannah learned to show up in the wait. And church, you and me, while we're waiting, while the prayers aren't being answered, While we haven't got the answers, you need to learn to show up. Just keep showing up. Because let me tell you, that answer is on its way. But it's in the showing up 
where God is developing the man and the woman inside of you that he needs for the future. Show up. Well done for being here today. Show up to every Sunday service you can get to. Yeah, we get ill. Yeah, we have to work. I get all of that. But when you're able, show up. Show up to life group. Show up to our encounter nights. Come on. We've not seen some of you at any of them. I, 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 I know if you can't make it, but if you can, show up. Plug in. Connect in. Because as you show up, God is working on the inside of you. Show up. Show up. And when your prayers have been answered and the answers come, show up again so you can share the testimony. Fill in the connect card, the praise card. Gossip the story, the testimony of what he's done. You see, Hannah showed up when she wasn't okay. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to show up when you're on your face. It's okay to show up when you feel desperate. Actually, that's the time to really show up. Hannah showed up on this day. She was in a mess. We're going to find out how of a mess she was in just a moment. But she showed up when she was in a mess. Friends, church, please don't stay away from showing up when you're not good. Because it's okay not to be okay. Let's make this the easiest place in the world to show up. Can I honour every team this morning, our host team? our hospitality team, our worship team, every other team, because you are making it easy for people to show up. How you're serving, how you're loving on people, you're making it easy for people to show up. But keep showing up. Keep showing up. The second thing we can learn from Hannah is that Hannah waited. As she waited, she decided to pour out to pour out and we see this so clearly in verses 9 to 11 she gets up from the food from the drink she's not into all that anyway and she goes and she gets on her face she gets on her face and she's in such bitterness of soul when Eli comes and he looks at her he thinks she's drunk friends how must she have been pouring out her soul to look drunk I asked my kids this question in the week and they said, well, mommy, maybe she was like shaking. Maybe she was rocking uncontrollably. Like she was pouring out her soul to such a degree. There was no voice. It was in her heart. Remember that word, we're coming back to it. But she poured out her soul in such a way that Eli thought, surely this is a woman that's drunk. Friends, while you're waiting, keep pouring out your heart to God. He wants to know what's important to you. He wants you to pour out to him everything. The things that concern you, the things you desire, the things you're worried about. Pour it out. Let it go. Don't get religious on Yahweh. Don't try and keep it together. Pour it out. 
for some of you, you might pour it out in this context. For some of you, you might need to go home, get on your face at home and pour it out. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how. The main thing is God is saying, pour out your heart to me in prayer. Pour it out. He wants to know. He wants to know. When was the last time you were really vulnerable, raw and real with God? When was the last time? Has there ever even been a first time? God wants you raw. He wants you. For some of you, it's time to get on your face like Hannah and pour it all out because he loves you. And he's got answers to your prayers on the way. But it's time first to pour it out, to pour it out. Hannah went to the tabernacle to pour it out. She left her home. She left the routines. Maybe for some of you, there's a challenge. Maybe you've got to carve out time. You've got to even go somewhere different. You've got to do something out your routine so you can pour out your heart. And you can just be vulnerable before the King of Kings because he's waiting for you. He loves you. Thinks you're awesome. Died for you on that cross. And now he just says, pour it out. Come on, pour it out. And the very last thing Hannah shows us is while Hannah waited, she decided to keep out. This is a biggie. Keep out. You see, Hannah had to overcome three challenges. Number one, she had to overcome the challenge of barrenness. We've already spoke a bit about what that means. Number two, she had to overcome the challenge of bullying. She was bullied. She was bullied so bad, she was severely oppressed by Penina. Anyone's being bullied, is being bullied. God knows. Take it to him. Barrenness, bullying. And now the third challenge is actually Hannah was totally misinterpreted by Eli. There she is on her face in prayer. And what does the priest say? Someone who maybe should know better, should have got it right, but only looked at her mouth and not her heart. He misinterpreted her. He judged her and he got it wrong. And at that point, Hannah could have got off her face and she could have said, drunk? You have no idea. You have no clue. And you know what Hannah could have done? She could have got off her face. She could have given a mouthful back to Eli. She could have walked out that tabernacle. And guess what? The whole of her future would have been utterly different. But in that moment, 
Hannah turned to Eli and she said, no, I'm not drunk. Actually, this is the deal. This is the score. Let me put you in the picture. But here's what Hannah did. And we can see it how she went on to talk with Eli. She kept out of her heart offence. She kept out of her heart unforgiveness towards Eli. She kept her heart pure. She kept her heart pure in barrenness from bitterness. She kept looking to Yahweh. During the time of bullying year after year, she still kept looking to Yahweh. And now, at the crux of it all, rather than take offence and go off in a temper and give up on the promise, she said, no, this is the picture. But she still kept her heart pure. She still looked after her heart. She chose to keep out of her heart anything that would take her away from God. And friends, as I meditated on this this week, it hit me like a lightning bolt. How many times do you and I allow offence to come into our hearts, unforgiveness to come into our hearts, bitterness to come into our hearts. They got me wrong. They don't get me. They misinterpreted me. They've hurt me. They accused me. I was doing that and they thought, and we let all this junk into our hearts, all this offence into our hearts. Just maybe, just maybe you and me could even sabotage, we could risk missing out on answers that are on our way into our life if you are holding offence, if you are holding unforgiveness, if you are holding bitterness, just maybe God can't get the answer to your prayers to you. And what does Proverbs 4.22 say? Above all else, guard your bank account. Guard your reputation. Guard your status on Facebook. Guard your education pathway. Guard your... What does it say, church? Guard your... And again, guard your... Guard your heart. Hannah chose to keep out of her heart anything that was going to take her off track. Anything that was going to stop the promise coming on its way. Church, you've got to guard your hearts. You've got to keep out the wrong stuff. And you've got to allow the God stuff, the things of his spirit, the true things, the right things, the good things to enter your heart. With one another church, we've got to guard our hearts against offence, against unforgiveness. Yeah, sometimes we won't get each other because we're on a journey and we're a family and it can sometimes get a bit messy and that's okay. 
But bottom line, above all else, you've got to guard your heart. You've got to guard your heart with one another, with yourself, in your relationships. Do you know what the Bible says? There's two options how you can guard your heart. If someone's offended you, if something's got in to your heart that shouldn't be there, you've got two options. Number one, you go to that person, not with a sledgehammer, but with a, hey, can we have a chat? Hey, you know when you said that, it sort of made me feel like this. Can we talk about it? Can we put it right? Can we pray? You either go to your brother or your sister, or the Bible says you release forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And we release it to God. And we say, it's dealt with. It's done. I'm keeping it out of my heart because I'm going for everything God's got for me. And there's an answer on its way. And nothing is going to get in the way of God bringing his answer. Will you stand with me this morning, church? I'm going to bring this into land real quick. But this morning, this is a, it's a homework message. It's one to take away and do some homework on. I want to ask you today, What's Holy Spirit saying right now in your time of waiting while there's an answer to a prayer on its way? What do you need to do more of? Is God saying, come on, you need to show up more. Come on, it's time to pour out more. Come on, you need to keep out anything from your heart that shouldn't be there. There's one more step for you. For some of you, I had such a sense as I was preparing this that either maybe before the day is out, you might need to send a message, make a phone call, put something right. If something's got into your heart that you need to keep out of your heart, for some of you, maybe you need to get a bit of a plan of how am I going to spend more of my life pouring out my heart to God and for some of you you just maybe need a rocket up your bottom to say I'm going to show up more I'm going to I'm going to get myself there I'm going to get myself motivated I'm going to bring a mate with me that can encourage me along the way as you're waiting friends what's Holy Spirit saying Thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us through your word. Thank you, Father, for the life of Hannah, for what we can learn from her. I speak your blessing over your people this morning. Show us those areas of our life that your finger's on, that the hot spot's on, where you want to move us, mould us and shape us, God. Father, let nothing slow your people down, but let them progress in you keeping hold to the faith in their hearts 
And if you're here today, I want to give you an opportunity real quick if all of this is new to you. But you just have a desire in your heart that says, I think I want to say yes to exploring what God is all about. I think I want to open my heart for the very first time. Or maybe it was open and it's been closed, but you feel you want to reopen your heart today. I just want to invite you in this moment, just where you are, just to raise your hand. And I'm going to say one prayer for everybody this morning that is saying, I want to open my life and I want to open my heart to Jesus, to know him more. You just raise your hand where you are now in these moments. God bless you. That's fantastic. Well done. We're going to pray. Dear God, thank you. Thank you that you love every man and woman here. I ask especially for those that are wanting to open their hearts. I ask this week that they will encounter you more. That this week you would show them something of who you are, of how much you love them. Help them to decide how they can start showing up. Start to pour out and start to keep out anything that is not for them and for their hearts. Thank you. We give you all the glory. It's all about you, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.